Greetings and salutations. This is Isha Montgomery, and we are on the seventh episode of Hope Speaks. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you. You are wonderful, marvelous, and I'm happy that you're here tonight. I'm so sorry for taking another hiatus, but when I tell you the last four months has been popping, I mean the last four months have been popping. So recently, I just learned that sometimes you got to go with the punches. I say I've taken quite a few of those metaphorical punches and I'm still standing. I'm still fierce and God is still good. So I'm I'm thankful for that. Most recently, I got out of a three-year relationship, like in the last month, and it just took a lot out of me to even be in that relationship. So much so that I knew that I couldn't go on in it. Um, it was just exhausting. You know, I, I felt my spirit was being tugged at just to stay with him. And just to bear the the relationship. It's like I will cook him food every day. I will make him meals two, three times a day. And he never appreciated it. He said thank you on occasion, but he never said, def- you know, he never really gave me any compliments on anything. Like, even if he liked the food, even if he, you know, piled it into his mouth as though he was at a all-you-can-eat buffet, he never really took the time to appreciate the cook. I would clean after him and... And he would rarely say thank you, you know. And even when he threw stuff out of order, it's like he didn't really care about making me feel appreciated. And after a while, I started to think, like, this relationship isn't working. <laughs> you know, and and for so long, I thought, you know, if I just kept on praying for him and being there for him, things will work out. And I realized, no. Like, after everything happened with my father passing and he was incapable of consoling me. It was like 2K had taken over his world and and run amok of mine. And I realized, I said, this is deeper than 2K. We're not compatible. <laughs> you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that because I'd rather be honest and look up 10 years from now and I'm married to someone who, who I don't want to be with and who I don't have anything in common with and, and who doesn't care for me and, and who I'm submitting to but they don't respect my value as a person and I don't respect theirs because they don't respect mine you know I I don't want to I know so many people that are in relationships and marriages and they don't really want to be together I know married people who don't even sleep in the same bed let alone the same room like they don't want anything to do with each other it's just fabricated for the society so they don't have to say they're divorced or deal with the exhaustion of being alone. But the truth is, it's better to be alone. It's better to be alone than to be unhappy in a relationship. And I just want to let everyone out there know, don't settle for less. Don't live a substandard life. Don't accept a bare minimum just because it's an option. You deserve better. You deserve love. You deserve peace. You deserve happiness. You deserve contentment. You deserve a kiss that that has you thinking about it for days afterward. You deserve a moment that that stands still in time. You deserve for the rain to freeze when you feel someone coming near you that you know cares about you. You deserve for your heart to skip a beat when you know that person's coming to your place or you're coming to theirs. You know, we all deserve that type of love that makes us feel like the butterflies are just moving in our stomachs, and, and and we don't know what will happen next, but we're just happy to be experiencing it with them. We all deserve that type of love. And I'm praying right here and right now 
that all of you out there listening, if you don't have that type of love, that you're able to find it and grasp it and that you don't let it go. But I want to read a poem for you. I want to start this poem off. Um, because sometimes we go through things, we we face different challenges in our lives, and it makes us feel like we're alone or like we're a loser or like something's wrong with us. And I want to encourage you tonight to know that you are not what people say you are. You are what God calls you. So the name of this poem I'm about to read is called, <laughs> coincidentally, Being Called a Loser. I look for the bright side. I think we all do. We search for the road to understanding, knowing that the words necessary may elude us at times. But we try and try and try again, knowing that each failure brings us closer to winning. The world may see your mistakes and call you a loser. They may see your upsets as amusing antidotes in an otherwise boring life. Don't be deceived by their laughter. Don't be consumed or compromised by the misplaced judgment you face. Don't be swayed by the hurt and pain people place on your crowded shoulders. It is not your burden to carry. Keep pushing for tomorrow, the tomorrow that others fail to see. Being called a loser. Thank you. And um, and I just wanted to touch on that right quick, right? Um. Recently, I've learned that sometimes you got to go against the status quo, you know, um, and, and that's what I've been doing lately. I've been doing everything in my power to be the person that I know I'm called to be and not the person that people expect for me to be. I think that even in a relationship I gotten out of, there was a conflict of interest. Because I started the relationship as one person. One way, you might say. I had a totally different, um, you could say I had a totally different uh, um, perspective when we first got together versus how I am and where I am now. And it's not because of the tragedy I experienced. It's not because of the loss I've taken. It's not because of the... um, the things I've been through is because of the God I worship. Um, when we first got together, I made it clear to him that I was intent on building a relationship with Christ. And I think that he was intent on um, probably not having much to do with it uh, personally, which is his decision because we all have free choice. But as I became closer to Christ, he he drifted away. He wanted nothing to do with it. And once again, that's his right. But it was difficult for me because he started to not want to come by me. And, you know, he started like when I would play gospel music, he would turn it down. If we were if we were in the car, like he'd be embarrassed by the gospel music playing. He didn't want people to hear it. Um, He didn't want to hear it. He, he was mad because I was reading the Bible. He didn't want me reading the Bible too much. And. It got to a point where I had to look in the mirror and think, like, oh my gosh, like he he really he really doesn't feel comfortable with the situation, but he's gonna stay in it just so he can have me. 
and maybe just so he can block me from my blessings, you know, and, and really the blessing in this case for me was moving on. I'm not even mad at him. I think I just got tired of seeing him play 2K all the time and not wanting to be anywhere by me. It's like the closer I got to the Lord, the more it pushed him away. And I'm I'm perfectly fine with that, but it's got to a point where he was literally in a relationship with the Xbox. And I was in a relationship with the Lord and we were living in separate rooms in the same apartment. Like he wouldn't come anywhere by me, like at all. And it was so upsetting to me because I was still cook for him, clean for him, but he would never say thank you that often or make me feel appreciated. Honestly, a lot of times he made me feel like he was doing me a favor, but he didn't really want to acknowledge anything I contributed to the relationship. So I got tired of feeling alone. Like, honestly, I was exhausted, you know, because I thought, oh, well, maybe this is my last real opportunity for love, not realizing that love doesn't work like that. When someone cares for you, they care for you. And according to the Bible, how can two walk unless they be agreed? So I couldn't continue to be in that situation knowing that we didn't believe in the same things. Um, knowing that he really wanted nothing to do with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it got to a point where I just kind of had to look at him and I was like, well, you know, this isn't working out. It's, surely you know it's not working out, you know, and we had to break it off. When I say we, I mean me. I, I had to get out of there for my sanity because he did not want to console me after my father died. And it was hard for me to deal with. But nevertheless, I have none but respect for him. And out of that respect for him, I won't get into details. Instead, I'll just read another poem called The Cold Truth. This is a shorty, but it's a good goodie. I hope you enjoy it. Cold Truth. I don't want to be cold, frigid, and bitter like the world. I want to shine like warm sunsets hovering over frozen landscapes. Tomorrow isn't promised, but I want to live a life I can be proud of, even if that means foregoing op opportunistic love. I want to hold and be held while standing in my truth. In a society full of people that can't be trusted, I want to be honest. And if that means I have to be alone, so be it. And, you know, that was just one of them things for me um, where I wanted to just express myself. So hopefully, hopefully you enjoy that. But if not, you know, there's more to come. There's more poetry to come. And for me, it was hard for me to live in my truth because I used to think, like, what am I going to do if people know I believe in God? Like, I'm going to be in this world and, I, you know, I'll be set apart and I won't have anyone to talk to, you know, <laughs> because... Nowadays, it's like, sometimes you wonder if, you know, if, if if you can do it, you know, if you could do it without the crowd of people cheering you on, you know, without the, um, without the partying or the clubbing or the half-naked Instagram pictures that make you feel accepted in a society of people willing to take their clothes off for, for little to no pay. I mean, even if it, if there was pay involved, I mean, it's. It's not really beneficial to take your clothes off or pay. But nevertheless, I'm not you know, saying nothing bad about people who do. But the point is this. I don't want to I don't want to fit in anymore. I'm tired of trying to fit in. My head was burning and hurting and throbbing from trying to fit in. I mean, 
it was really painful for no reason at all. And I think that I just needed to be healed of my hurt and my sorrow. And by me turning to God, I was able to find that. And that made me happier in the end. But it's just difficult sometimes when you're a young person. You want to be young. You don't want to be that person who's like, oh, what? I'm not going to be able to do that. That doesn't really coincide with my belief system. But what does it mean to believe and then live in hypocrisy? I can't live that way. I don't want anyone else to live that way either. It's, it's not a life worth living, you know, to hide who we truly are, just to fit, fit in with people who don't care about us, who don't really want to see us thriving anyway, you know? It's just not worth it in the end. I think that I realized life was so short in the last five months in it. And it's pushed me to want to be a better person than the person I was before, a more honest person. You know? Um, so the next poem I'm gonna read is called Soft Hearts. See, we play these games to hide our brokenness. Then when relationships fall apart, we look for someone to blame. We point the finger and say, you're different. You've changed. But we covered our true selves out of shame. Too embarrassed to say, I'm scared. Too fearful to say, I don't want to be left out in the rain. So who are we really underneath it all? Are we defined by our stature? Or are we defined by the way we walk? Is it the easiness in our conversation or the letters rolling off our tongues when we talk? When you fall in love, it's better to take the mask off. Kisses are better wet and hearts are meant to be soft. Thank you. Again, the name of that poem is Soft Hearts. I wrote that poem recently as well. I'm just kind of vibing, you know. <laughs> I've been just, just enjoying writing lately. Um, so hopefully you enjoyed that one. I want to talk about kind of the interesting thing I've been noticing in the world lately. So in regards to this pandemic, I think it's 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 really forced a lot of us, right, who who are sober, <laughs> who are sober-minded, you might say, right? So I'm, you know, um, to really look in a mirror and wonder, what do we want for ourselves? What do we want for our tomorrow? What do we want for our future? For me, I want to be honest. I want to live in God's honest truth. I don't want to run from anything anymore. I don't want to hide. I don't want to act like I'm happy in a relationship and I bring that person around my family and we're trying to fake smile. That I've done that before and it I've done that for like two years and it was just making me grind my teeth. I can't speak for anyone else, but you get tired of going out to parties and occasions and trying to act like you're happy, you know, deep down you're not. And I know there's a high probability, a high probability that my ex might even listen to this recording. And I just want to tell him right now, I hope you're doing well. God bless. Because I was tired. That relationship was exhausting me. You know what I'm saying? I know you had to be tired too. It, just, it wasn't working. It wasn't working. Like, 
oof, you can you can only do so much before it just tears you up inside. You can't you can only lie so much before you're like, I need to get out of here. I need to get out of here. So, <laughs> so with that being said, um, I'm gonna read another poem for y'all, and it's called "Enough Morning." And this poem is for all the people who have lost someone they loved. Keep the faith. It never goes away. The feeling of missing you. The thought of, could I have done more? The shape of your face blends into the background of shaky memories. I can't go back in time to hold your hand, but it gets easier. All I can do is pray for the strength to move forward. And for the ability to understand that your death is a part of God's plan. You touch so many lives in such a short time. I am thankful for the years we spent together. For the long fishing trips, card rides, and boy talks that were priceless. You were a father most girls can only dream of. Because of you, I was cared for. Because of you, I was loved. And when all is said and done, just remembering you is enough. Enough morning. Thank you. And um, I want to say something in regards to that poem. That poem meant a lot to me because that poem, it, it, it took so much relief. It just took so much pressure off me. Just to write that poem. Because usually when I'm going through stuff, the first person I run to is my daddy. Like, I'm a daddy's girl. Like, all the way through, I'm a daddy's girl. I'm a mommy's girl, too. But I'm, like, a super daddy's girl. And whenever I was stressed out or going through stuff, I would run to my father to talk about it. But since my dad died, the person I go to now is my heavenly father. And for me, having a close relationship with God meant so much to me and I was starting to feel that my relationship was a blockage because I was living in sin with him for three years. And it just got to a point where, you know, every year he would promise me that we get married. And every six months he would make me these promises, these lavish, you know, efforts to to try to show me some way, you know, and at least verbally that he was going to, you know, uh, do right by me in so many words. But then I realized something. I was like, if we're not really on the same page now, what makes me think we're going to be on the same page if we're married? And if you do marry me, is it because you want to or is this because we've been together for so long? And why am I even trying to be with someone that doesn't believe in the same things I believe in? And I had to question that. And because I questioned that, it made me realize that I was better off being by myself for a while, you know, and and figuring out what it means to not be in a relationship with somebody that really I don't have much in common with spiritually. Like, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, you know, and I wish him the best. I really do. I was just exhausted. I was exhausted. I was trying to keep up with the world and keep up with him too. And it was, it was too much. It was causing a blockage between me and God. And I was like, no, nah, I can't do that no more. Like I can do many things. I can't be in that relationship. Like, I was tired. I was tired. And then, you know what? It got so bad. It, it got so bad. It got to the point where I was secretly reading the Bible in the bathroom. I'd be secretly listening to gospel. i wait till we get out the car to listen to gospel. I would 
read the Bible while he was at work. It made me feel like almost like I was cheating on him with God. It was just very weird. Like the whole circumstance, because I knew that he was uncomfortable with me reading the Bible. I knew he was uncomfortable with me listening to gospel. I knew that, you know, um, that really it got to a point where I realized he actually detested my faith. So it was like, I can't live like that. I wouldn't suggest anybody lives like that. Like, you know, just kind of hiding who they truly are or trying to cover it up. Like, cause it's not like I was cheating or lying or scheming or stealing or abusing. I wasn't doing anything, you know, wrong. I was just doing what, doing what I believed in, you know, and, 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 and praising and worshiping God in all truth and honesty. But I don't think that he was cool with it. I remember one day he looked at me and he said, um, you can say reading the Bible and listening to gospel music for Sunday. You know, you, you only have to do that stuff on Sunday. And I said, what? I said, I'm a Christian. Why would, you know, and let's, let's get outside the concept of I'm a Christian. I follow Christ, right? Why would I only worship God on Sunday? I was like, why would I just keep it to one day? He's like, all the people I know only worship God on Sunday. And I just kind of looked at him because I thought to myself, like, that that's, that's not me. Like, if other people choose to do that, that's on them. But I don't. I don't get any, I don't get any spiritual growth out of worshiping God one day a week. Like even deeper than that, me and God have a relationship. You know, this isn't, I don't do this for, so that other, so I could tell people I believe in Christ. I, I do this because I believe, you know? So I just don't think we have very much in common. Um, and, and that's, and that's a topic I think many people can relate to if they've recently, um, made more of an effort to be devoted to Christ because sometimes you realize like you you can't you can't date everybody if if God didn't send them don't date them that's the best advice I can give if God did not send them don't date them because you you're gonna be tired just trying to keep up with the situation that God didn't send for you to be in you you're gonna be exhausted I know I was exhausted I can't speak for anyone else I was tired and especially during this time with the pandemic and all this other stuff, I really needed my spiritual relationship to be in at the forefront of my life. You know, even more so than being in a relationship with a man, I, I wanted God in my life. So I think that was I think that was a point where we were just not seeing eye to eye. And that was a hard reality for me to face, but I think that it made me better in the end was moving all my stuff out and running out of there immediately. Shoot, I, I was running out the crib like like two bags in my hand left everything I owned in there. Everything. And I had furnished the whole apartment by myself. So, so just to run out the crib like that, you know, I, I was really desperate to get out of that situation. All I had was two bags and my dog in my dog's bed. <laughs> like I was like, I gotta go. Yeah, and the crazy thing was, I, I think he was he was so convinced I would never leave because I've been with him for so long. But I was convinced I need to get out of there. So we just had two different ways of thinking about it. Okay. Um so the next poem I'm going to read, I don't know if I read this for you before, but hopefully you like it still. Um, and this poem is Unpopular Reality. Give me the truth. One thing I learned about lying is the upkeep cost is too high. 
because you have to lie again to maintain a lie. So tell me the truth. Even if it curls your upper lip and brings salty disappointment to trusting eyes, I can't live in the dark. Unaware of the light, always wondering why the story didn't make sense. Sensing the inconsistencies in my mind, knowing that I'm being deceived. By a fallacy that is wasting my precious time, so tell me the truth. I triple dog dare you to be honest, be the opposite of mainstream news. Tell me the unpopular reality. Mine is the saxophone blues. Give me the meat with the bones, leave no stone unturned in its deliverance. Either way, it goes down like bitter medicine. The hardest part is admitting to its sour taste. Accepting it comes with time, but even if it desolates the life I believe to be fine, I would like to hear it. All the same, because you can't have the sunshine without a little rain. Unpopular reality. Thank you. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a point where I was just like, searching for things that I just couldn't find sometimes in the world are just so conflicting but I, I wanted to talk to you about experience I had this last five minutes so I'm going to read you a post I posted on my blog um, Facebook it censored me and marked it as sexuality and nudity and it was like far from that but they've Facebook has been like marking all my stuff as sexuality and nudity whenever I post poems, even though there's nothing sexual or nude in it, because it's obvious that they're trying to censor the voices of artists and just everyday people on the platform. So I deactivated that particular Facebook page. And I also um, removed myself from the platform or I remove that page associated with that name from the platform as it currently stands because I was tired of them lying on me. They were just lying. Okay, so <laughs> let me read this post to you in this entirety. There's a poem that goes along with it as well. Poets are not a monolith. You. Earlier this month, I stood in front of my table selling poetry books, mugs, handmade fabrics, and jewelry. A tall fellow comes by and begins to thumb the pages in one of my books. With a slight grin, he says, I thought poetry is supposed to be sweet. I replied, no. I like to write realistic poetry that takes on a life of its own, though some poems can be sweet. He then puts the book down and scampers off as his boombox plays a sweet melody from the 80s. My poetic response to this situation is as follows. You. Poetry can be whatever you want it to be, but poets are not a monolith. We all create according to our artistic voice. No one poet is alike. We are a snake cuddling up for warmth, but still willing and able to bite. We are the sun beaming in the day. We are the hanging moon reflecting the pale light. Sometimes poetry is like a seductive bouquet of assorted roses. Though beautiful, the thorns are painful to touch. We close the distance between near and far for the sake of closeness. It's closer to my words. I need your ears so my dreams can give birth. Your eyes so my words can come to life. But even your criticism too. Because poetry is a conversation happening within you. Again, poets are not a monolith. 
Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I just wanted to share that because lately Facebook has been on such a tirade of censoring and removing the voice of, of people who don't go along with the agenda of, of, of people who are, might I say, outliers in the situation. And yes, I consider myself an outlier and I'm very proud to do my own thing. I don't, I can't conform any longer trying to conform to other people's belief systems and, and, and other people's ideas and, and other people's love of lewd livaciousness was just starting to eat me up inside. It was just tearing me apart. Although I did go through phases in my life when I was, when I was like that, I used to be a wild thing, wild thing, but, 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 but as the years have gone on and I've had time to be in the house and look at myself as a whole woman, I've, I've had different opinions run through my mind and, and different feelings change me. And also reading the Bible and the word of God has altered me greatly. And I'm thankful for that. So I'd like to close up this, uh, this session today, episode seven with, um, with a Bible verse, Psalms 37, four, delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. So I want to tell you all, everybody listening under the sound of my voice that God will meet all of your needs and desires of your heart. Don't give up. Don't give in. You were born to get through it. You were made to win. You can do this. Thank you for listening to Hope Speaks. This is Isha Montgomery again signing out. And I look forward to talking to you next week on Wednesday. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Bye.